What's going on, guys? Before we get into this week's Tuesday Touchback, just wanted to do a quick little request, if you will. I know a lot of you guys listen to us on iTunes and your iOS devices. If you would, uh, take 10 seconds, get on iTunes, leave us a review, please. It really goes a long way in uh, moving us up the charts. It gets us in front of more people, and it definitely supports the show a lot more. Um, if you know, if that's something that you have the time to do, you know, whether you got 15 seconds while you're riding a bus or, you know, finishing up a lunch break, or, you know, if you're like me and you're doing most of your work, uh, in your private office, if you will, in your house, uh, you know, if you just take the 15 seconds and I don't, you you know, we don't care how many stars it is or whatever, just leave us a review. Um, and on iTunes, it goes a long way and, uh, it's definitely appreciated for sure. So, uh, I will shut my mouth and stop self-promoting and we'll get into the Tuesday touchback. Thanks guys. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into the Fistful of Cash podcast. I am your host, Dale Lippin, in here with the co-host of all co-hosts, Soup. What's going on, man? Uh, nothing much. Uh, just got home, had some dinner. Recording a little early this evening. Uh, we do have a big Monday night football game. I am living in the Pittsburgh area. So, of course, I am going to a uh, a watch party for the Monday night game. Um, for the first time in a long time, I will be uh, cheering for the Steelers. Um, we posted earlier, we, uh, a, uh, fistful cash recommended play of the Steelers plus two. So I am full blown Yenzer tonight, uh, looking for the killer bees to take over. Yeah, I'm with you hundred percent on that. Um, it was a good week, uh, NFL wise, as far as our picks go, um, in the sense that, I mean, we, you know, we nailed that Redskins pick dead to rights. Yeah. Uh, Trends are trends for a reason. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he he was hobbled up, and he's still – I mean, he's not going to get healthy until he sits a game and takes time. You can't play every, every seven days on a bum knee like that and expect to get back to 100%. Uh, Adrian Peterson looks like the 21-year-old Adrian Peterson that was running at Oklahoma. He's He found the fountain of youth. Uh, Alex Smith, the – you know, Webster's uh, dictionary definition of a game managing quarterback. The point of football is to win. How do you win? You manage games. So I don't understand why people hate on Alex Smith so much. Game manager actually is kind of a compliment. The guy's smart. He doesn't make bad throws and stupid turnovers. He's one of the most intelligent quarterbacks when it comes to a play breaking down and knowing when to scramble and when to get rid of the ball. Um, they looked impressive and, you know, at home, it was a big, big win for the Redskins. Yeah, it absolutely was. Um, and you know, we had, we had that one, um, but to, you know, real quick, I mean, the whole purpose of the Tuesday touchback, you know, in transparency here, uh, is to go over what we got right and what we got wrong. That's something we always say that we're going to do, uh, and we go over some of it, but we don't go over all of it, um, 
So, you know, we got that Redskins pick right real quick. Patreon wise, the two NFL games that we got, uh, we cover, we, we got both those wrong new England. We expected to cover. Um, and obviously they lost. And then, uh, I say that because I wanted to talk about this. The other one was Dallas versus Seattle. We picked Dallas to cover as well. Dak Prescott, you know, whatever. I sat on his take the other week. I'm going to say it again. Dak Prescott sucks. He sucks. Yeah, um, he's super inaccurate. It's unbelievable. Bench him. He's done. It's a wrap. Yeah. How, how a guy that inaccurate has a job in the NFL and it, it goes back to my Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Once teams get tape, on quarterbacks, it's a whole different ball game. You're like you can come on and blaze your rookie season, but once teams get tapes on you, or get teams get tape on you, and know you know you're he can he can throw the out route, but he can't throw a you know a curl route. Once teams figure that out, the defensive backs can force receivers into the routes that the quarterback can't hit. Right. We saw it with RG3. Um, we're seeing it with Deshaun Watson. We're seeing it with uh, Dak Prescott. Real quarterbacks are successful, you know, in their second, third, fourth year. They're consistent. That's when you see real talent. I don't think Dak Prescott is a very talented quarterback. Um, even their, their pass rush couldn't beat up that Seattle offensive line, which was really bad. Um, we alluded to this two weeks ago, Sean Lee hurt. Who didn't know that? (laughs) Right. That was coming. You know, he's out with a hamstring. So it's just Dallas in general. Zeke has to be frustrated beyond belief because he's such an incredible talent and he's stuck on that team with, and it's not, it's not going to change till Jerry Jones is gone. It really isn't. No, it's not. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those, instances where uh you know he's he's his own biggest enemy especially when it comes to that team real quick uh Dak Prescott's quarterback ratings um 2016 rookie year 104.9 last year 86.6 this year so far 74.9 um you know like like you had said earlier trends don't lie and my man is trending down and he's reaching almost abysmal levels of efficiency um you know, I I don't understand. I mean, he's averaging 166 passing yards a game. You're not going to win football games in the NFL like that. Um, it doesn't matter how good Zeke is. Um, you know, he can maybe win a couple games for you, but you're darn sure not going to be a playoff team like that. Um, as far as I'm concerned, betting-wise, uh, Dallas is on my Michigan State list. They're blacklisted for me. I'm not playing them anymore. I know you said that we might come back to Michigan State at some point, but as of right now, um, you know, at least in my heart, Dallas is dead uh, to me. <laughs> I'm not putting any more money on Dallas. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I told you that. I, I said that earlier today. You know, Dallas, and as much as it pains me to say, I think New England until Julian Edelman comes back, um, until they figure out their secondary problems, um, and maybe get Trey Flowers back on the defensive line. New England and Dallas, I don't know if I'm going to touch another line until I see – I don't. I, I'm not going to touch another Dallas line, that's for sure. Yeah. New England, I can see myself betting them again because we've seen this before. Um, all, all somebody's going to have to say is, you know, Stephen A. Smith is going to have to go on national television 
and say, this is the end of Tom Brady. He's on his demise and he's going to come out and toss a five touchdown game. And it's going to be like night and day. We've seen it happen too many times before. I can't count them out just yet, but uh, yeah, Dallas for sure. Um, They've done nothing but let us down so far. I thought for sure they had a really favorable matchup in this one. Couldn't stop the run. Couldn't penetrate that offensive line. Everything they were supposed to do well, they did poorly. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So um, that being said, as far as show picks go, um, we got the Redskins call right and refresh my memory. What was the other, what was the other show pick? The, uh, the Bengals plus three, the but... Bengals plus three. That's right. Cam came out and had himself a game, man. Yes. Superman showed up. Uh, Ham Newton came out in his finest and just had his way with the Bengals defense and his little, uh, his little sidekick. In the backfield, Christian McCaffrey, my goodness, uh, what, 20 carries for 186 yards. Yeah. He went wild, man. And that Bengals defense is no joke. Like, they're a good defense. But um, Well, they got they, no help on the offense because Andy Dalton right. threw four interceptions. So I don't care who you are and how good your defense is, you cannot win ball games when your quarterback throws four interceptions, man. It's right. just not going to happen. And he threw four picks, and they were still in the game. That's the crazy part about it. Right. Um. Yeah, then when your defense is on the field, you know, 70% of the, the game, like like New England's was against Detroit, um, just they it, the time of possession was unbelievable. And you can't give a guy like Cam Newton that many snaps. Yeah. Because he's going to rumble, bumble, stumble, and tumble into the end zone like he did all day on Sunday. It was, uh, it was you know, Cam Newton at his finest. Um I still think the Bengals are a good team. I really do. Um, but like it has in the past, it, it it all lies on Andy Dalton, and he is boom or bust. You're going to get three touchdowns out of him, or you're going to get one touchdown and three picks. Yeah. Um, I think one of the unsung storylines of that game, too, was the Bengals' uh, inability to get in the backfield and really uh, put bodies on Cam, too. Um you know, they allowed him to basically just be himself too much. Um, so that, that, you know, anytime you have that, uh, you know, cause like I, like I was saying on the Friday show is that I thought he was going to take that one big hit and that was, you know, going to slow him down or sort of keep him in the, uh, the realm of us mere mortals. And it just never, it just never came. It never happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, that was a winnable game for Cincinnati. And like you said, they're not a bad team. It's just, it didn't work out. So uh, that was one, that was another one that we got wrong to wrap up the things that we got incorrect um, real quick to recap these switch over another Patreon pick the Notre Dame wake forest under the under was at 62. We recommended a play on that. Uh, it would have been nice knowing going into that game that uh, Notre Dame was planning on switching up starting quarterbacks. What don't you think? Right. And that's the downfall of putting out, you know, we record Thursday nights and the show comes out on Friday. Um, when they make the announcement Saturday morning that they're not going with Wimbush, they're going with Ian book. Um, I texted you Saturday morning and I said, Notre Dame's going with Ian book. The over is going to hit. 
because I, I've reiterated how many times that Notre Dame, their offense is stagnant because of their quarterback and Brandon Wimbush. He's not an accurate passer. Yes, he can run the ball, but it's, you know, you can, you can contain him on the run because you're not afraid of his passing. Right. Ian Book's a legit dual threat quarterback. I yeah. Mean, the kid threw for 325 and also ran for 43. Uh, he had three touchdowns on the ground and two through the air. Like Ian Book's no joke. He played well last year before he got hurt. Um, Wimbush is done. Book's got the job. And my boy, Phil Dracovic, actually got two throws. And you got a little bit of playing time when they went up big. Um, he flicked his wrist and the ball went about 65 yards. The kid's got an absolute cannon. Cannot wait until next year when he gets his chance. But yeah, that Notre Dame under, if I knew Ian Book was going to play, I don't, I'm not saying I would have recommended the over, but I definitely wouldn't have recommended the under because his, the way he runs the offense is polar opposite of the way Wimbush runs the offense. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. Um, and I think maybe it's something that we probably should look into here at some point. Um, uh, you know, like I said, cause that was a Patreon pick, um, doing some sort of like, uh, I'll have to look into see like as far as notifications go, if we put something out, you know, like we wake up Saturday morning, see that, and then boom, we are able to throw it in there. And then, you know, uh, it, it, it lets our Patreon supporters know, Hey, there was a, you know, there was a, a blip in the matrix here. We need everybody to switch up if possible or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, it's definitely something to look forward or look into, um, college football wise, uh, we, we went with Purdue to, um, pull off the upset and man, did that hit, they looked fantastic against Boston college. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the big 10 defense showed up and they shut down a high powered Boston college offense. Um, they had, you know, they forced four interceptions, um, their quarterback, produced quarterback David Blow, looked great. Uh, you know, it was like 75% uh, passing percentage, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Um, they, you know, we said it. They're not going to go 0-4. They haven't done it in 30-plus years. Don't let the records fool you. Boston College has played nobody. Purdue has played a bunch of tough games that they have they, they, they've made mistakes and they've blown at the end. Yeah, they didn't have the opportunity to blow it at the end because they had such a big lead, which you know, which was huge for them. Um, it's good for the Purdue program. You don't want to see you know a a uh, a household team like Purdue go zero and four. It's not good for college football. They've got right. the talent. Um, I think they're going to make some noise. And I'm not saying that they're going to you know they're obviously not going to win the Big Ten or anything. But they're a team to watch when they play teams like, you know, Michigan or Wisconsin. It's going to be fun to watch them play. Yeah. Like I said um, on the show, I think that it's going to be one of those things where this is going to be the part where they put it together and sort of make that push and get themselves bowl game eligible. You know, even if it's whatever, uh, you know, the the whatever Uncle Timmy's subs, you know, bowl or whatever it's going to be. Um, you know, I think that they can, I think they can put together a nice streak here and, and really turn their season around after a slow start. 
Um, so I was happy with that. Um, yeah, you know, they, the, real side note on Purdue, they uh, this was a good start because they have a very winnable game this upcoming week, which intertwines with a future bet of ours that we've you know we keep talking about it. But Nebraska's awful, and Purdue's got Nebraska this upcoming week, so that'll be a you know a big win for them. A lot of confidence, and Nebraska just got you know shit pumped fifty six to six by right. Michigan. So right. was it six or did it end at ten? I thought they got, I thought they scored ten. Oh, I, I honestly, I mean, it I, doesn't matter. I mean, that's yeah, it was it, it's like having four yeah. bullet wounds or five yeah. bullet wounds. It yeah. really doesn't matter. Fifty six um, to ten. Yeah. They got crushed. Uh, Nebraska is awful. Uh, I'm with you 110% on that. Uh, I'll be anxious to see. That'd be something to tune in on Friday's show for. Maybe if that line looks juicy enough, um, that might be something that we jump on. Uh, the last thing that we got incorrect, because I know you don't like talking about stuff that we got wrong. And we'll switch over and just keep talking about winners. But last thing that we got incorrect was another Patreon pick uh, was the – Hector Lombard versus Talis ladies fight. I put that on there. I had it at under two and a half rounds. I thought two dinosaurs with good finishing rates. Um, somebody was going to gas out and, and be done. Um, but that actually went to decision. Talis ladies won it and retired promptly after, which leads me to the question of one, why didn't Hector Lombard retire right there with him? And two, how the hell is Hector Lombard still in the UFC? The guy has not won a fight since 2014 in the UFC, and he is still in. I don't understand it. You got to um, get paid. I guess, but I mean, he's on a six-fight losing streak, right. and before that, he had a no contest to Josh Berkman, the people's champ, the, that it was originally a win for him, but they overturned it because he tested positive for steroids. So you have a steroids hit and six straight losses, and you're still employed. How is that possible? Uh, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Um, but, yeah, that one, that that was – I wasn't a fan of that fight uh, to begin with, but I thought certainly those two, um, you know – Lombard was either going to come out and bull rush and get it out of there in, a, in the first, you know, four minutes or ladies was going to submit him. And neither one of those things happened. They, they essentially stared at each other for 15 minutes. So that was a, that was a fun, fun little, uh, you know, like I think I texted you and said, it's just two Oak tree, two old Oak trees, just staring at each other for 15 minutes. I was super pissed off at that fight. Um, but we got our other two UFC picks, right? So Tiago Santos, put a beating on Eric Anders for the ages. Um, that was a scary, scary, scary beat down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the 30 elbows he landed before the, uh, before the bell rung. Um, I was watching it and I was like, man, I can't believe Anders survived that. And then his body went limp and I was like, Oh, Oh. And then he tried to stand up and he hit the mat again. Um, it was promptly stopped after that, you know, rightfully so. But I can only imagine, let alone, you know, I couldn't take one elbow to the ear hole, but let alone 30. I mean, that was just disgusting. Yeah, I mean, that was – and, you know, it, it was weird, and I texted this to you right after, um, you know, it, it, it scared me in the sense that um, – I'm going to date myself with this here and I, I'm going to mention this fight and I'm, I, 
I'm not, I'm not trying to offend you, but I know you don't know who I'm talking about, but it reminded me of the Nigel Ben Gerald McClellan fight, which was an old boxing middleweight uh, championship fight where McClellan suffered a brain, uh, a brain, a brain bleed um, during the fight. Uh, and it was the, you know, there's a documentary about it or whatever, but it was very much the same thing. You know, he went back, um, I think oh, I'm trying to remember what round it was. I can't, I think it was like the end of the the ninth or the 10th round and McClellan goes back and, you know, his corner poured water on his head and he, he, there was like a, I, I don't want to get the quote wrong, but it was something to the effect of like, he says like, man, it feels like you poured that water straight, straight through my head. Um, and it was like, you know, this guy basically was suffering a brain bleed right there in the ring. And, you know, I don't know if Jared McClellan or Gerald McClellan, sorry, is still alive or not, but I mean, he is, um, he's like a shell, like almost like a guy that's like, you know, like how, when you see somebody that suffers, uh, you know, multiple strokes, that's sort of what, you know, this guy was a McClellan was a murderer for a while. I mean, that guy was, he was, he was an absolute animal. Uh, I, I would suggest people look up tape on him. Uh, but you know, he literally went from a destroyer, to a, you know, basically uh, somebody that needs constant medical assistance. And it was just so weird because Anders is a destroyer um, and he's got that left hand that everybody's scared of and he's peak physical condition. And then all of a sudden to see a grown man like that just collapse, you know, and basically look like he was uh, what was happening to his body being involuntary. I was like, this is like, we don't need to wait for the decision. We don't need to wait. You need to get him in an ambulance like right now. Uh, that was that was a scary fight, man. That was a really scary fight. Yeah. I mean, second best knockout by elbows I've ever seen. Um, obviously behind Gary Goodridge, absolutely oh. pummeling Paul Herrera uh, <laughs> in his black gi. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, there's I don't think anything will ever touch that. That, that was just – I don't know uh, your your boy Platinum Perry's elbow against Jake Ellenberger. That was that was a elbow of all elbows right there, man. Yeah, but Gary Goodridge it was almost a combination of knees and elbows. He was like a boa constrictor, just contorting his body around Paul Herrera as he put him to sleep. So that that's <clears throat> that's true. That's true. I forget that. And that was what that was like before, like the referees knew. <laughs> what was going on right so my man took like 17 unnecessary elbows uh that were just out of control um you know gosh those are like those are life-altering elbows man um matt brown diego sanchez is another good elbow finish uh matt brown underrated elbow guy um but yeah no that was that was a good one um and then we got um Another one that we got right was I threw it on there as a bonus little uh, Sergio Marais, Ben Saunders. Um, that was fantastic. I, I figured that Marais was going to get the submission or the knock. I mean, it was definitely going to be a finish, uh, and it absolutely was. So we hit on that. So that was, a, that was a good hit, you know. And I think that if um, – I can't remember whether you said something. to Yeah, you did at the very beginning about, you know, uh, the Steelers tonight. I think with a Steelers win tonight – um, you know, we salvaged the weekend overall and, uh, you know, we'll come out even that's what right. I'm thinking anyway. 
our well, yeah, as far as record goes, even, but we didn't cover our big hit of the weekend. Um, we uh, on our Patreon page, we recommended a three unit play on the Oregon Stanford over. Um, Stanford looked real stagnant to start the game. Oregon looked like they were going to run away with this crazy ending to that game. Uh, Oregon trying to run out the clock, running back goes down, goes to put his knee on the ground, and he puts his knee on his lineman's knee. And Stanford was able to strip the ball, go down, kick a field goal, send it to OT, and win in overtime. But the over ended up hitting, um, I don't know, with like eight minutes left or something like that. So it was a, it was a, it was a clear over hit uh, once Stanford got their offense going. So that was a, that was our big hit of the weekend. That was a three-unit play. Um, <clears throat> even if the Steelers lose, we're going to be under 50% on picks. But from my calculations, we'll still be plus one unit. So it's still a winning winning weekend as far as money goes. Um, we obviously ideally would like to keep the percentage up. We haven't taken a losing weekend in money or record yet. Um, <clears throat> so that's why the Steeler plays out there. You know, we are prideful guys. We uh, we know we're going to we know we're going to finish positive in the money this weekend, but we want to keep that record um, at least at 50 percent. We don't want to take that our first losing weekend. So, yeah. Yeah. Real quick, speaking of um, speaking of college football, just I don't know if you watch or not. Kentucky, Mississippi State. What on earth is Kentucky legit? Like, is this something I mm-hmm. need to be like concerned with? Because what is going on here, man? I don't it's know. bad enough to have Coach Cal when it comes to basketball and everything else. But, dude, I, I mean, you and I have been on the Mississippi State hype train this year and they came out and got just outplayed. I mean, they really yeah. did. Yeah. I, I can't give you an answer on Kentucky. Honestly, um, I'm, I'm confused about it. Uh, I don't know if Mississippi state just had a bad game. I know Kentucky's got South Carolina this weekend, which will be a tough matchup for them, but you know, they cracked, they cracked top 25. I think they're 17th on the new AP poll. Um, I mean, that's like the, Goodness, the slate of games this weekend. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> Run through them real quick. West Virginia, Texas Tech, sh- absolute shootout. That'll be a good one to watch. Um, let's see. Ohio State, Penn State in Beaver Valley. That's a huge game for the Big Ten. At the same time, that's a 7.30 game. At the same time, um, on NBC, you've got Stanford-Notre Dame, another top-10 matchup. <clears throat> that's in South Bend. Um, you've got BYU versus Washington. That's a top-20 matchup. You've got Oregon versus Cal. That's a top-25 matchup. And an extremely intriguing matchup to me is Syracuse at Clemson. Dude, I was just thinking that. I was waiting for you to stop talking so I could say it. That's I'm, Dude, yeah. I'm all over that game. I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Clemson right now, the line's at minus 23. Um, they're going with the true freshman quarterback, uh, Kelly Bryant's, you know, getting benched. They're going with Trevor Lawrence. Um, dude, Syracuse offense is so good. Yeah, they're yeah. so fast. They just put up ridiculous points. Um, but that, that's an interesting matchup to me. I, I really, I'll, I'll be watching that game at noon, flipping back between that and the West Virginia, Texas tech game. But yeah, there's a, there's a, a big slate of games this weekend. Yeah. So another one I'm paying attention to too is Texas, Kansas state. Um, Kansas state's been playing everybody tough. 
and I'm still not sold on Texas. I know, I mean, they took the L to Maryland to start the season, and they've looked pretty good since then. But Kansas State is playing people tough. Um, that's going to be another one. That's another one that I'm I'm, I'm paying attention to. Uh, I, I sort of like. Um, I have to look to see what the line's going to be on that, but um, I'm intrigued by that game as well. But uh, I'm with you on the Syracuse Clemson game. I think that's going to be one of the uh, one of the more compelling storylines of the weekend when when the dust settles is either Syracuse is going to pull off something crazy or they're going to make that a real a real close game. So yeah, I mean Syracuse dropped fifty five week one, sixty two week two, beat Florida State thirty to seven, then dropped fifty one on UConn this week. So you know, I it just they're like UCF, man. They just score nonstop. Yeah. And speaking of that, UCF's got pit this weekend. Uh, dude, if, if UCF can move the ball like Penn State did, oh, my goodness, they're going to score 80 points. Yeah. Uh, I want to see what the over-under on that's going to be. Did you mention that Washington's playing BYU this weekend? Yes. Yeah, BYU. Okay. Yep. All right. That, I mean, it's, it's, it's a wild weekend. It's a wild weekend. Um, what I don't want to do, though, is ignore one of the bigger storylines of the weekend. Do you know what I'm going to talk about? Do you know? What I'm yeah. About? Yes. Yes. Tiger's back. Tiger's back, baby. Tiger's back. I'm so excited that Tiger's back. Um, you know, that's the first. Th- this is a trend that nobody cares about. Uh, here's a stat that nobody cares about. Whatever. But this is the first time that Tiger Woods has won since my youngest child has been alive. It's been that long. <laughs> it's been that yeah. long since Tigers won. Um and you know, he watches golf when I watch golf and he knows one golfer. He knows Tiger. Um and it was really cool, man, to uh you know, he's still young, but he, you know, to see Tiger put that. I would have been so great if he would have, if he'd have hit that fifteen footer. Uh, but you know that tap in and the roar of the crowd and you know him raising his hands in jubilation or whatever. And then my son getting to see that man, that was cool. Um, I was pumped about that. And then you know that was just a wild scene. Uh, you know the the gallery just moving with him, police escort to the thing. I mean, it was just it was vintage, but yet also like brand new at the same time. I mean, I just fanboyed out here for a second. Tiger Woods is back. I was excited about it. Um, not to take anything away from Justin Rose, FedEx Cup champion. Um, it's It stinks that you couldn't have somebody like Gary Woodland win uh, yesterday. So that way the, 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 the storyline remains Justin Rose. I mean, you know, of all weekends for the guy to win it and then, you know, Tiger for, or rather for Tiger to win. So, but still, I mean, Tiger's back. Uh, he looked he looked good. He looked real good. He almost blew it, but he still looked good all the same. Yeah, it, it's it's that was a once in a lifetime scene. You're never going to see that again. Just thousands upon thousands of people following him down the 18th hole. Um, if if you didn't see it, I highly recommend the interview with him and SVP after he won. SVP being the golf enthusiast that he is. You could see it in his eyes and in his demeanor, how excited he was for Tiger Woods to finally get that win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, it's so weird uh, 
Yeah, it's just it's one of those one of those moments where I don't know. You know, the jury's still out on whether or not I think Tiger Woods is a good person. Um, I, I, you know, I don't have anything to the contrary other than some, you know, the whatever issues transpired years ago with him and his wife. Um, but a mo, like you know, we grew up watching Tiger, so it was like a, you know, that guy was the biggest thing on the planet for a couple years there. And then it all fell apart, and then he tried to come back, and the back surgeries and all this thing. It just felt like a triumph or a return or a return to excellence, uh, a prodigal prodigal son story that, you know, I felt intimately involved with or, uh, uh, you know, akin to in that I've, I've witnessed this go from the best of times to the worst of times and now see the guy win again. Uh, you know, it's not like he won the masters or anything. I understand it's just the tour championship, uh, tournament, but it's still just to see him win like that was just fantastic. I was just, I was super pumped. Um, you know, you could see the emotion in his face. He was saying he was trying not to cry. Um, it's just cool, man. It's just a cool transcendent moment. We have, we, you know, those are very rare in sports anymore. And it was just really cool to see. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I felt fortunate to, to see it really cool. It's a good weekend, man. It was a good weekend. Yeah. All in all. I mean, the last event of the year, Tiger gets his 80th win. It's a storybook ending to the season for sure. Um, it, and it, it overshadowed the amazing golf that Justin Rose played. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's lights out, man. He's so know, good. He, he won the FedEx cup and he won $10 million. That puts him at over 18 million on the year in earnings. He just had an unbelievable year, and nobody's talking about it because Tiger won his 80th, uh, you know, won for the 80th time. Which is, it's just, I mean, I don't think Justin Rose really cares because you know he just got that 10 million dollar check. So I, right. you know, I don't think he's you know batting an eye over it. But yeah, it's it's big for Tiger. It's huge for golf. Um, I really going to be interesting to see how he starts off the season next year. You know, he's got the momentum. He knows he can do it. Once he gets his game going in full effect, which he will, he's Tiger Woods. He's unbelievably talented. Once he can put, you know, the driving, the short game, and the putting all back together, watch out, man. He, The guy has the talent and the ability to once again be the best player in golf, regardless of his age. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you 110. percent um, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, that was some takeaways from that MMA takeaways from the weekend. Um, besides the, you know, the Tiago Santos beatdown of Eric Anders. Uh, to we don't normally cover a whole lot of Bellator stuff, um, just because you know as far as name power and compelling lines are concerned, uh, there's not much out there, uh, that, you know, but there is a good slate of fights coming up on Bellator. And the big one that I've had money on before this podcast even started, I put a parlay down for, uh, it was just a two, two fight parlay. Uh, Rory McDonald and Henry Cejudo to both win. And as you know, the first part of that, 50% of that parlay has hit so far. Uh, this Saturday, Rory McDonald challenging for the middleweight belt against Gegard Mousasi 
and Bellator. Super pumped for this fight, man. Super pumped. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> no I'm sorry. I was looking at lines when you were saying okay. that. I was looking at lines to see what Rory was at right now. Um, I don't know why I'm not seeing it, but no, you're I fine. Was, I was just trying to figure out what you know what his odds were, but uh, right. yeah, I mean Rory was a star in the UFC. You know, he's in Bellator. He's he's still Rory McDonald. You know what I mean? He's still. I'm trying to think of how to put this. I'm pretty sure he's one of those guys that we talked about that like, like a Luke Rockhold, like you can't have everything. And Rory McDonald's one of those guys who's incredibly talented at what he does. And he's got the unbelievable good looks. And wait, we've talked wait, wait, about wait, wait, how fr- you're saying Rory McDonald's unbelievably good looking. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying, you know, I'm not even going to get into this right now, <laughs> but dude, I mean, he's not an ugly, dude. All right, he's not no. ugly. He's not ugly. Okay. I, I, I mean, look, as a dude, I can say when another guy's good looking or not. Rory right. McDonald's not ugly. I mean, he's no Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold. No, he's not Luke guy. Rockhold. That, that my man is handsome. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it, it's it's not fair that some you know you can't be you can't you shouldn't be able to be good looking. Uh, super talented, be able to sing, dance, all this. You, you, you got to save some of it for the rest of us. Uh, I'm with you on that. You know, Rory McDonald should not be able to be good at absolutely everything he does. I, I'm, I can, I can get on board with what you're saying there. Okay, all right. Just so we're just, <laughs> just want to make sure we're saying where we we're going with that. Uh, so yeah, no, you're you're fine with that. Um, real quick, the Steelers line has moved up to plus two, plus two and a half. Just, just throwing that out there. Um, well, yeah, they they kicked off. Steelers have the ball to start. Okay, yeah, I guess kickoff was eight fifteen. All right, eight fifteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so uh, that coming up, and then you know Connor Khabib. Uh, but we're 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 patiently uh, we're biding our time with this. We're not gonna we're not gonna dive super deep into the Connor Khabib uh, hype train just yet. But it is just around the corner. Uh, next week will be, uh, you know, there will be a lot of Connor could be breakdown and talk, uh, next week. So, uh, you know, all in all, uh, look for, looking for the Steelers to pull one out here, uh, you know, to, uh, solve Fitz magic and, you know, go ahead and pop that balloon. Let's get this done and out of the way. And then hopefully the Steelers put something together. I would hate to see their season start out. Oh, two and one. That would be all bad news. So. Uh, yeah, man, I think as far as Tuesday touchback goes, uh, we covered wins. We covered losses. Tiger's back. We got Rory McDonald, uh, and Gegard Musasi this weekend. Um, Eric Anders is alive. Yeah, man. I think, I think that about wraps it up, dude. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't have anything else to touch on. We, we talked about the slate of games coming up, so we'll, we'll go into more depth on Friday's episode with those, but as far as covering this weekend, I think we got everything. Yeah, I think I definitely think that we, uh, you know, like I said, it was a le- I think it was a learning weekend more than anything else. Uh, we learned a lot about who who's legit, who's not, and um, you know what what the uh, I guess a little peek behind the curtains as to what the season's going to look like uh, going forward. And then, dude, you know, we're not that far off from college basketball. It's coming up. Yep. 
It's just around the corner. I'm so excited. Um, college basketball is going to be wild this year. So, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good weekend. It was a learning weekend. And looking for uh, Big Ben and the boys to pull one out here and uh, go even on the weekend. And like I said, we're already up units. So let's just uh, let's put some sprinkles on that cake. Um, as far as Tuesday touchback goes, I hope everybody had a good weekend. That is it for me. I will talk to all of you guys on Friday. Yep, as always, clear eyes, full fist, can't lose.